Hi guys, I'm Bubba Wheat. And I am Rob Branch. And we are coming at you with a new podcast called Lyrical Innuendo, where we have every episode ask the question that is the most important question in music. And that is, is this song about sex? Mm. So you can find us at rabbitholepodcast.com on Anchor or Stitcher. Yeah, that sounds good. So why don't you just sit down, pop a Viagra, and um, make sure to swallow, because this is going to get deep. All the shows here at Rebel Hole Podcast are sponsored by Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash rabbit hole pod, you get to try it for free for 30 days. Download any audiobook, original show, or podcast you want. And after 30 days, you just pay $14.99 a month and get access to even more audiobooks, original shows, and podcasts. Cancel anytime, and if you do, you get to keep anything you've downloaded so far. So it's literally risk-free. Not many things out there are risk-free, people, so take advantage when you can. Again, that is audibletrial.com forward slash rabbit hole pod. Using that link helps us out, and you also get to support the show, which we really appreciate. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. For as low as three bucks a month, you get early access to episodes and all kinds of great bonus content. Patreon.com forward slash rabbit hole pods. Three bucks a month is like one medium cut from Dunkin' Donuts. You know how much I love Dunkin', you know, but you know, that's one one coffee a month for us here at Rabbit Hole Pods. We'll really appreciate it, guys. Thanks. <laughs> the word of Hellmouth podcast where we are going through the entire series of buffy the vampire slayer episode by episode re-watching and discussing everything that is buffy and the scoobs today we dive into season one episode eight i robot you jane for some robot glory and demon fun I'm Heather Baxi Walsh, and with me is my friend who's using the dangerous interwebs at this exact moment, Mark Armstead. How are you today, Mark? Hey, guys. How's it going, Heather? <laughs> it's going. This episode was funny. <laughs> it was. I enjoyed it. And I came up with multiple, multiple alternative uh, <laughs> uh, titles. <laughs> titles, yes. So, of course, you have Ghost in the Machine. Yes. Very good. Uh, ASL for, you know, us old internet users. <laughs> yes uh lawnmower man us you know another old callback <laughs> god that movie's so terrible it is so bad <laughs> but so good Very i apropos. agree <laughs> for, for the season you know what's worse the sequel lawnmower man 2 like what did what? that happen why I did lawnmower know. man 2 happen i don't know but you can't convince me to watch it no no Oh, and one more brain scan, brain scan. Brain scan. Yes. <laughs> I wanted Edward Furlong's worm and his computer set up. Like that easily cost like 10 grand back in 90s money. And oh, how yeah. this teenage kid had like six monitors, a zero gravity chair and all types of shit. Like, sir, what did your parents do? He had a whole addict to himself too. Like, ugh. It's unfair. 
And it sets unrealistic expectations. So, you know, forget about it. (laughs) So, in episode eight, you know, this is a side quest episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a side quest episode. So, uh, if if you haven't listened to episode seven yet, we have have dubbed the term side quest to uh, categorize shows that delineate from the main story arc of the season filler episodes aren't fair because they seem like throwaway episodes and you know this is a side quest it's a decent you know episode great makeup effects in my opinion we'll we'll talk about that in just a second yeah and you know but it doesn't necessarily add to the story of the season per se so uh we open episode in like i don't want to say ancient italy but it's, you know, oldie, medieval Italy. There's, speaking yeah, Italian. There's, there's some monks and priest types not yeah. speaking English. Right. And we are introduced to this week's big bad, which is Moloch. Now, I love, look, looking, rewatching this episode, the makeup was amazing. It was. Like, the, the creature creation was fantastic for this episode. Now, if you guys are watching along, you know, fantastic. Uh, but uh, to describe it a little bit, it gives me Tim Curry and Legend esque, but more reptilian. Yeah, yeah. So, if you ever seen Legend, Tim Curry is the scariest devil creature you've ever seen in life. Like the makeup on that was fantastic. It's, it's still probably some of the best in cinema ever. Truly, truly, and this is kind of a take on that with the horns. Uh, it's definitely, it's not low budget, so it's not like the great value, Tim Carey, but it's like Kirkland. You know, it's yeah, it's inspired. It's inspired. It and it looks, it looks really, really good. It does. It looks fantastic. And I wish it was actually shown more in this episode than what it was. We got bits and pieces of it. Well, this is something I'm going to point out that I figured Ooh. out about it pretty quickly, too. And I noticed this a lot in sci-fi shows, too, where they have angels or excuse me, aliens and that kind of thing as well. They reuse their masks and a lot of their their work. This is used again, I think in season four, when Giles, yeah, when Giles becomes- Yes, what Giles- Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God, I did not- (laughs) Yes, you know what I'm talking about. I just realized that. Yeah, it took me a minute. I looked at it, I'm like, he's kind of lovable in there, isn't he? Oh, he's lovable. I'm like, he's Giles. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Unlocked so, memory. Yep. Yep. So they reuse it again for him later. And I think they use some of the robot stuff that we see later in this episode for another thing later too. But that one's much more subtly. But I always pay attention to this kind of stuff. And I think it's awesome when they do. But this one was pretty close because you knew exactly what I was talking about. So, right. Yeah. It, like, unlock memory. I remember that. The, the the feature episode like oh wow and yes that is that that is the indeed same makeup in 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 a mask yeah so Moloch is our preacher of the week and what we see here in the opening sequence is that he's a demon he has sycophants essentially he has people who serve him and he kind of feeds off their love and devotion uh there's a bunch of Italian monks in the back that essentially to defeat Moloch, uh, they uh, bind him to a book. So that's how Moloch is defeated, you know, in this flashback. Now we're in present day and we get to, we're in the library. Uh, 
during you know, the day with Giles and the Scooby gang. And we get to meet one of my favorite, favorite ancillary characters ever in the series. And that is Miss Calendar. I didn't think we were going to get her for at least a few more episodes. And I couldn't even remember for sure if she came in until the second season. I love her mm. too. She's great. Yes. Miss Calendar is amazing. So to set the scene a little bit further, uh, the computer class is in the library and what they are doing with the wonders of technology, they are scanning old books into a computer database so that people can read the pages and things of all that nature. You know, technology was really big, <laughs> you know, uh, well, of course it was, it was technologies, but computers and things being integrated into education was a huge part of the 90s. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. You know, us older millennials remember like uh, Number Cruncher games and Oregon Trail and, and, and Carter. Remember in Carter Encyclopedia? Like yes. Disc. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But all that was, was kind of the thing. And uh, we get to see some great banter between Giles and uh, Miss Calendar. Which once uh, again, they like tap into the, the chemistry between them immediately. It is wonderful. It's like, oh, have you guys known each other for 20 years? Because that is what it feels like. Right, right. In Miss Calendar, I love Miss Calendar because she's seen, uh, she's a younger teacher. She's definitely an adult, but she's kind of that young, hip teacher that gets it. Mm-hmm. And I think we all had a teacher like that in high school. And the teacher for me that, I, I didn't have this woman's class, but she was definitely, she gave big Miss Calendar energy. Uh, she was the keyboarding teacher in my high school for my like freshman and sophomore year. I took keyboarding like my senior year and she was gone. But at that point, someone else that came in, he was definitely cool, Mr. Alston. But I can't, or I can't remember her name, but she just gave Miss Calendar energy. She was cool. She was hip. She was younger than an average teacher. So I would eventually guess if we were like 16, no, between 15 and 17 in high school, she was like 26, 20, you know, 28, you know, about 10 years older than us. That is what it's like more tenured teachers, but still kind of young and hip and with it. And had, that's what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had two of those. One was my French teacher and she actually looked like Miss Calendar. She, oh. she was great. And I liked her a lot. Actually, she came to my wedding. Um, <laughs> my first wedding. So, but, oh. <laughs> but no, no, she's, she still came. She, she was great, but I had another one that um, Miss Short that I had in high school. And mm-hmm. she used to come up to me and sit on my desk and go, who are you writing that note to, Heather? Oh, nobody. Who are you writing that note to? And then she'd ask me which boy it was because she always kept track of which guy I was into at the time. And then <laughs> I would tell her, and she'd be like, you need to stop dating these bad dudes. You need to stop dating these losers. You need to stop it. And she's like, listen, listen, girl, I know I've been there. I used to date them too. She, it turned out she dated Tim Allen. <laughs> oh God. Like, like Coke dealer, Tim Allen. Coke dealer, Tim Allen. Ah! And she talked about what an <laughs> asshole he was all the time. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. She was in, not in front of the class, but you know, after class when I'd hang out, she was like, no, 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 no. Listen, he, he seemed great. I couldn't get away from him. But yeah, they dated for like a couple of years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then she ended up marrying the woodshop teacher and he was really sweet and wonderful. So she ended up finding her good guy. But yeah, she always used to be like, Heather, tell me about whatever guy I was. She used to go over to the the school that was for the bad kids called Tinkum. Mm -hmm. And I was dating at least two or three of them. 
dating I wasn't allowed to go on dates when I was 15 so I was talking to them yeah mm-hmm. yeah we weren't actually doing anything but she was like you need to stop going after these bad boys I'm like but they live in my neighborhood and they're cute yeah yeah she was it's she was a- awesome though she was awesome and she never she never did it like a nagging teacher or aunt or mm-hmm. parent or anything like that either yes it's always amazing how much good advice kids get that they don't follow Oh gosh, no, why didn't I listen to her? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a part of life. <laughs> you know, like someone will tell you like great advice as a kid. And it's it's like complete over, you know, your head. And I think they know it and giving it to you because they know that when they were kids and they got good advice, they didn't listen either. It it is so crazy how that works. Like youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> like it listen, totally you, is. These are listen. good things that you should do, but you don't do it. This way of life, you're not supposed to. (laughs) I tell my oldest all the time. I'm like, listen, I'm going to give you my advice. And I know you're not going to listen to it, but I'm just going to put it out there anyway. And Mm -hmm. I do it. And I, and I usually will say that. And I know 100% that they probably won't listen to me. And every once in a while, when a nugget sticks, I'm like, oh, I won. (laughs) Yes. Yes! Victory. Victory. It's rare though. Hopefully you get to the point where they get old enough and they'll actually tell you like, you told me this. And I didn't listen, but I, I see what I see what you did there. Like, yeah, you were right. And that's the one, like, yeah, okay, so it, it was worth it. Yeah, <laughs> I've had yeah. have, I've had those ones with my older brother and like my parents now that I'm older. Like, yeah, you know, you weren't wrong. You weren't wrong. You you, you were right. And yeah. yeah I'll, but- I, I think I should let you know that. It's, it's a rite of passage, though. It's a, it is. It's a rite of passage. To some degree, you have to make your own mistakes on your own. You just have to. Experience is how you gain true wisdom. This is absolutely true. This is very, very true. <laughs> back to Buffy. Yes. Giles you know, <laughs> and Miss Calendar are having, you know, a uh, a banter war, essentially, because Giles, being Giles, old, stuffy, physical media, you know, tactile books, and Miss Calendar Young, think outside the box, tech teacher, you know, let's free these books from their shackles and you know, put them on the internet where other people can enjoy them without having to touch them. So they're just at odds, just basically from the start of this, from this episode. So one of my favorite lines, uh, it's a really good quip. Uh, Giles is in the library, of course, and he's going back to the medieval section. And he said, hey, I'm, I'm going back to the Middle Ages. <laughs> and Miss Counter, without missing a beat, you know, says, did you ever leave? Yes, it's so great. <laughs> it, it, it's it's such a good quip. And, you know, shout out to Giles for writing those great lines. So Buffy and the, the crew, they're scanning in books. And the book that Moloch was sealed in, in the opening of the episode, is a book that uh, Willow is now currently scanning into the database. And of course, you know, uh, the letters are written in, you know, strange, you know. Yeah, we uh, can't read them. Can't read them. She can't read it. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, they use the Wendings font in MS Word. <laughs> 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 The, the, the weird nonsensical font. And, you know, of course, all of that is Moloch, and he gets scanned into the computer. So, Which, you know, go... This, okay, two, two things. One, why didn't they just burn the book after they did this? 
I mean, that would make sense. You know, let's let's make sure that nobody can read his name and bring him back into the world again. Okay, so that's 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 my one complaint. And then the mm-hmm. second thing is actually, particularly because this timeline too, how cool is this idea that it you're is. you're scanning it into the computer and it's being read? I mean, at the time, this is this is this is not something that we even thought about, let alone considered. Like Mark said, right. we were just kind of get computers being in everybody's home and being actively in school was just becoming a regular thing. It's it was something that was just really starting to happen. Cause I remember I was in my junior year of high school when I feel like I really started to get on the computer and we had one at home that was actually functional and took forever to dial up, but we had the actual internet at home. It was a big deal. So, and that was when the show came on. So, so yeah, this is, this is like, this is pretty, pretty edgy as far as using tech magic and demon fun for Buffy. Yes. Yes. The internet was a very strange and dangerous place back then. And it's still is today. (laughs) I know this is foreshadowing like so many people's futures. Dating websites and all this is. Oh yeah, I forgot my other alternative title, Catfish. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the best one too. That is the best one. Catfish. Soto. Soto. Just title this episode Catfish instead. (laughs) <laughs> yes sorry <laughs> this so, is perfect oh uh, so <laughs> another thing i want to call about this scene we just see that the moloch demon is scanned to the computer uh the effects of that we will find out throughout the course of the show but uh fashion i don't oh. know how this missed uh the, you know the the the, the, the puritanical you know powers that be but Are did you catch Xander's shirt? Oh no! Oh. oh, that that is my next bullet point. Okay, Buffy's okay. Outfit. But <laughs> Xander has on his typical '90s layered, you know, t-shirt under like a flannel button down. But his shirt, his t-shirt, in like 1970s disco font says "porn star." Does it really? Yes. Go I back. Totally missed it. I'm going yes, to. Yes, like go back and look. I'm like that says "porn star." Okay. I'm thinking because you really can't see the whole thing, but it's that big bubbly kind of swervy, bubbly font. Like pause, like that definitely says porn star. Mm-hmm. I okay. totally missed it, and I've been paying attention to clothing on purpose. That is impressive in a bad yes. way. <laughs> right? I'm like, huh? They left that slide in '97. Okay, cool, cool. Clearly, they did not catch on either. Wow, they wow. did not. So. Um. We get the line, you know, the whole, I'll be back in the Middle Ages. Did you ever leave? We see Xander. They're leaving the library. And then, like, a week later is the next scene. And we see Buffy. You know what? Heather, I'll let you do a description of that. But that outfit was, it was something. But That was that was what I wanted to wear in high school, but I would not have been allowed to. So Buffy shows up, and she's in knee-high boots, which mm-hmm. are cute. It's fine. But then she has a tiny little barely there skirt on. And I mean, like, yeah, if it was another inch up, we would have been seeing some some business. There would have been that. Then she has on a top, which should kind of be okay. It's uh, these were these are like along the baby doll type shirts that we wore back then. And there was tons of them that had like cute little kitties and dogs and all sorts of like adorable stuff on them to hide the fact that they were totally hussy wear. 
Oh yeah, they, absolutely. It was it was hussy wear in in disguise is what it was. So she has on a tank top with that, and then she has her hair all done up on top of her head. Now let me tell you, she looks smoking hot, but that is not Hi, acceptable Cody. for. Yeah, it was not okay for high school. Like she would have not have passed the hands at the the waist thing with the skirt. Right. She would have had two more rows of hands. I mean, it was. This was this was what I would consider risque. What she is wearing, it was. It was very risque. That's good when I have passed the dollar bill test. Uh, like dress code violations aplenty, but I'm like, why is she wearing this to school? I know. Like, if they went to like, the bronze, this... I would have just been like, oh, I like it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was... in this episode, like it, 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 it took me aback. Like, oh, okay. That's, me too. That's what we're. That's what we're doing. But. It was and like again, it was it was a tank top, shoulders bare, low cut, you know, little cleavage going on there, micro mini skirt, knee boots. Like it was a look. It was a great look, but a a fifteen year old wearing this in high school, no, nope, nope, nope. Mm-mm. I would not. I would have not have gotten out of the front door. My my hair would have been pulled back, and my mom would have been putting some clothes on me over it. Right. And then right. actually I had a shirt that ironically my mom bought me because I was not allowed to go shopping by myself. All my clothes had to pass my mom test when I went shopping. Cause I would have liked to dress a little bit like a hussy. I still like to a little bit. So yeah, I, I like to, I'm a grown woman. I can do what I please, but absolutely. But at that time I understand that my mom and dad had some restrictions on me. I did not have a brain about me to be able to wear some of the clothes that I wanted to. But my mom bought me this midriff shirt and then I wore it to some kind of family function and everybody was staring at me the whole time. My dad cut it up. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Oh. I asked, I asked what happened to it. I'm like, mom, I, cause I do my own, I did my own laundry. Mom, what happened to my shirt? I'm looking for it. It's a hot summer day. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. And then I like looked through everything. And then after like a week of me getting really, really upset, she finally confessed, your dad asked for it. And I gave it to him and he cut it up. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yikes. So, was... so yeah, my parents would not have let that, that slide. That would have not happened walking out the door at all. Oh, God. <laughs> that reminds me. I had only one article of clothing that would not it wasn't even a parents thing because my i'm well i have my own way i bought this shirt but it was uh i was a sophomore in high school so this i was like roughly 15 or so and it was outcast the 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 music group the rappers they had a short-lived clothing brand right and they had a shirt that was i think it was the equimini album cover and it was a lady with an afro, and she was naked. But it was like a silhouette of a naked. Yeah. Girl. And it was a great, and I had this, like, sky blue shirt with this, the, the album cover on the front of it. And this was like, oh, God, this was, I want to say, this was like mm, November. It was November. So I've been wearing this shirt to school sporadically from September, no, August, really, August to November. I'm just walking around with it, and a teacher stops me. It's like, hey, that's just inappropriate. And I'm looking down at it like, it's a silhouette of a woman, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, the breasts were pronounced, but it's not like you saw it's areolas so... or nipples or anything. Yeah. But, you know, she's like, now you're going to the office right now. I'm like, this is, this is, this is normal. Okay. It's this fine. Is a... Yeah. 
but she had an issue with it and she sent me to the office I had to wear my shirt inside out for the rest of the day oh my gosh <laughs> and I couldn't wear it to school anymore according to her and my, actually my, my mom and dad said no don't wear it to school anymore because I got stopped they didn't see a problem with it prior but when I told them that I got stopped to wear it inside out they said yeah you, you're not wearing it to school anymore I'm like oh okay boo it's see some of that see that's a little bit silly to me um yeah there there was a like likewise too um there was a kid in miss short's math class he and i had a crush on him too he used to wear <laughs> he had he he was total grunge boy he looked like the lead singer of silver chair okay so total, <laughs> he was total grunge boy and actually we're still friends he's married and has kids he's great um we ended up in the same circle of friends uh as adults not in high school but um yeah, so he looked like the lead singer of Silver Chair. I totally had a crush on him, but he always wore, you know, like band T-shirts and stuff, which I was always jealous of because my parents wouldn't buy them. And he had flannels on, so he was wearing Nirvana's "Nevermind" cover. What's on that? It's a naked, naked baby. baby. <laughs> he had to every time he wore it. He had one teacher that would stop him, and he'd have to put tape over the baby's penis. Oh God. It was either that or he had to button up his flannel. He's like, I'll put the tape on the penis. That was his way of rebelling. I'm like, well, you're drawing attention to it now. So I kind of respect that. Yeah. Some some of that stuff is just weird. Just weird. Yes. But Buffy was definitely against dress code. Buffy was I, definitely I, not okay. That is that that one is bad. That's bad. She would have sent home. Yeah. <laughs> Cordy wouldn't even be caught wearing something that 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 bad to school. No, no, no. not at all. So, uh, Buffy and Angel. I'm sorry, Buffy. And, whoo, no, there's no Angel in this episode, unfortunately. No Angel in this episode. <laughs> sorry, everybody. Yes, Buffy and Willow are on their way to the computer lab, and Willow is telling Buffy about this guy she's speaking to, right? And this nice little, you see, well, it, it, it's a small nod to what's going to happen later. There is a kid named Dave. Dave is sitting at the computer and he is in a conversation with someone. Uh, he says like a few words, like, yeah, that's okay. Like he he's talking to the computer. And that that's kind of like the first allusion to what's happening in this episode. But Buffy Will walks past and they are having a conversation. And Willow is telling Buffy about this new guy that she's talking to named Malcolm. Now, Buffy's asking the regular question, like, hey, where did you meet him? I met him online. Mm, that's weird. Uh, what does he look like? I don't know. Mm, that's weird. You know, you know, she's talking to Buffy about him, and Buffy being a good friend, like, yeah, girl, this, this sounds kind of weird. And Willow yeah. is into it, because Willow is the book, you know, the bookish nerd. She has a thing for Xander that she won't, you know, confess that she has a thing for Xander. You know, and this uh, Malcolm is giving her some attention. Now, this is, did you catch the next continuity issue? Uh-uh. Okay, so uh, Willow is talking to uh, Malcolm on the computer in front of Buffy, right? And we now know Malcolm is Moloch. Moloch, Malcolm. Yeah. They're yes. one and the same. Like yes. it, it's a, he's he, in the computer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's in the computer, and Willows is talking to the demon. <laughs> and, Nobody uh, knows this, but us as the viewer, which you know adds right. tension to all these things. Exactly. So, uh, Moloch takes like a picture of you oh, know Buffy. Uh, of Buffy 
via the computer, like, like a webcam, which wasn't there. And webcams were built into monitors at that point in time. So it was like, okay, interesting. A little foreshadowing for the future, but, you know, didn't make quite sense in the episode at that point. But he takes a picture of Buffy. And uh, the next scene, we um, cut to, like, the principal's office. Okay, no, that's what I Yes. We, we cut to like the administration office, principal sort of in the front office, and they are scanning through the database of students and they find Buffy's picture in her profile. And I don't believe in the 90s they kept pictures of students in, in computer databases, but it's TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They quote Buffy's age. Now, this, go back and watch this episode, you'll see it. It jumped out like, that's weird. But it's Buffy's profile. She has her picture. She was born October 24th, 1980, and she's a sophomore, right? So they cut from the administration office and they're cutting back to Dave, who they walked in on. Uh, he's at his computer and he's now like a Moloch disciple. And he show Moloch, Malcolm rather, shows Dave the information on Buffy and her birthday changes. Oh, it and, does. And, yes. It goes from no October twenty fourth, nineteen eighty, to April sixth, no May sixth of seventy nine. She goes from being a sophomore to a senior, and Malcolm tells Dave, "Hey, watch her." Essentially, but like the 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 change of information I caught it. I'm like, that's not pertinent to the story. Like, oh, this is this just a continuity thing. Like they 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 flubbed that. Like, come on, guys, you you didn't keep track of that. But that's really like. It's pretty silly mistake too, which I think. Oh, I wonder why they switched it to that. I wonder which right. one they go with. Uh, she's definitely an eighty because I think she's a year older than me in real life in the show. I'm mm-hmm. eighty one, and although I still think she graduated the same year I did, but I was I went I was young when I graduated. I was seventeen when I started college. So yeah, so that works too. But but. Mm-hmm. But, but why? Yeah, that's that's really specific to have there and then not have the continuity with it. Right. So that's what made me like, huh, that's different. Like, that's... I don't, like, I paid, to, like, I paid attention throughout the whole episode. Like, does this year change? This is adds to the story somehow? And it really didn't. I'm like, no. okay, so this is just a... A reference it later, but it's not necessary. It's something that could right. have been implied without having that sequence in it. That could have been a cut scene, no problem. Yeah. So that was just interesting. So I'm like, okay, so now uh, we know that Moloch is aware of Buffy in the sense that she may be an obstacle, but Moloch doesn't know that Buffy is like a slayer, like she's known for this type of thing. He doesn't know that, to our knowledge, but he knows that Buffy is something to kind of watch out for. So my next note is uh, there's a random kid with a laptop. Oh, I know where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I have a friend too. He's in the courtyard on the steps. Yeah. Right. And y'all, oh my God, this this laptop. I'm trying to think, how can I describe this thing? Like by today's standards, this is like, oh God, like it's, it's ridiculous. It's that old ancient kind of like beige technology kind of shaped brick. (laughs) Brick is perfect. Brick, it, it, it is a techno brick. That's what it is. It is a techno <laughs> brick. And it's like that off-white mother pearl beige color. The screen is like three inches wide. Like, it's it's 
it's ridiculous looking. Like, you need to take a screenshot. You need to watch the episode just for the technology because it, it's just so funny. Seriously, yeah, it was it was great. And the best part of the the thing too is he's sitting there on his laptop and he's getting all pissed off. And I think Buffy and Willow are walking by him. Uh, mm-hmm. So you just hear him in the background going, this isn't my paper. I didn't write this. Nazi Germany was a well-ordered society. I didn't write that. <laughs> so we are, yes. which also, you know, it's funny, but it also plays into the fact that <laughs> Malcolm is evil. He is yes. not here for good. He's not romancing Willow because he's he's a lover. Right. And and he's how better can we it. state that by being a fan of Nazi Germany? So so yeah, that absolutely. Was, that was a good sequence for for all those purposes. <laughs> yes. So now we kind of go to uh, Buffy and Willow in the locker room, and uh, Willow's late. Like Willow's just coming in, you know, to to school, and she's like, "This is Buffy's like, hey, this is like fifth period. You know what's going on." And Willow's like, "Yeah, I overslept." And Buffy's like, "You're talking to Malcolm, you know," uh, and we're we're kind of seeing Malcolm is persuading and influencing Willow for you know. You know, in a bad way. You know, where she, I'm not leading Willow down a, the the great path here. No, and this and, is all very unlike Willow too. And very, it's, and it it really makes me sad, sad for her because we all know we we all love Willow. We want Willow to find that guy. We don't want her to be hung up on Xander. He's a douchebag. And even in this year sequence, he's like. Buffy calls him out on it and says something along the lines of, what, are you jealous? You're not into her. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not into her. Oh, but you're still pissed off that you're not the guy that she's fascinated with. And Buffy, mm-hmm. once again, I, and this is why I love Buffy. Buffy sees fucking everything. She doesn't miss any of this. She doesn't miss any of this. She sees what's going on with Willow in the sky. She sees Xander for who and what he is. And she's trying to be a good friend to all of them. I love Buffy. I love her. Yes. But but in this moment, like you you want Willow to have that love, so you're seeing her have this, but it's for a demon, <laughs> so it sucks. It really sucks. And Buffy's trying so hard to toe the line of not momming her, but being like, "Girl, you got this guy shady. You got to get your shit together." And the crazy thing about it is, no one knows that he's a demon. It's just it's just some internet guy. <laughs> so this is this is which could be just a, as dangerous right honestly <laughs> honestly but this is such a uh the 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 photo the, the prototype of a catfish episode like hey you're really into this guy and then that you don't know know anything about and you're standing up at night you're, and you're 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 being altered by this person that you know next to nothing about yeah. like it's so weird like it happens like, uh this this woman okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go off book again here but it's relevant. Um, my one of my old apartments, um, one of the places I lived after I got divorced, there was a single woman who lived across from me, but she was, you know, almost fifty, and at the time I was twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how she was meeting guys was on the internet, but she had oh. literally no street smarts whatsoever. So she kept Poor meeting baby. these guys on yeah on Plenty of Fish and all of those those darn things. And she kept meeting these guys and would have all these horrible experiences. She also, she also would only show pictures of her from the neck up. Oh, and, mm. and she was a very big woman. Not that there's oh. anything wrong with that, but she was not advertising herself as such. 
It's not accurate. Yeah. So I think a lot of guys ditched her when they saw that, but, but I kept telling her, I'm like, you keep meeting. Like she met a guy in the parking lot in a parking lot. I'm like, woman, (laughs) you cannot do this. So I got her to the point and this is, she drove me crazy too, but I did not want to find out that she was dead like a week later from one of these dates. So I started making her text me when she got to the dates and then threw out to make sure she was okay. She had to give me the addresses. She had to give me the phone number of these guys. Like I made her do all of this stuff because, and then I literally told her once, I'm like, I'm not letting you go out. You're going to have to get past me unless you tell me more about the situation. She was like, I don't know what's wrong. That won't happen to me. Like, how the hell are you alive? (laughs) Listen, (laughs) there's a saying that God protects fools and babies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> listen i i have been the fool and i have been the baby i've been both and i can tell you that it's true it is true but yes god protects fools and babies oh my goodness oh god that is funny but that that's how it is you, you need to have a a buddy back in my you know i don't get too much into it on this here podcast but uh yeah back in the day I would definitely text friends like, hey, I'm going to meet this person. This is what they look like. Yeah. Where I'm going. You know, text me, call me like in 45 minutes. If I don't pick up, you know, some shit's going down. And not yes. in a good way. So let me, you know, that that is a thing. That is a thing. Especially and- our generation, too, because we were brought up not to talk to strangers. <laughs> true. Very true. That was like the absolute worst you could get. Oh, okay. This is so off book, too, but it's funny. So, I, you know, I've had the same sort of speech with Adam. He's six my youngest uh-huh. son. And he started first grade this year. We were walking to school and I'd say hi to everybody and just be polite. And he wouldn't say hi to people. And they said hi to him. It took me like two or three weeks. And I'm like, why won't you say hi to people when they say hi to you? I don't know them. They're strangers. <laughs> and and yeah, which was actually kind of good. But there was another time too, where somebody said something to him in a parking lot. He's like, are you going to try and take me? <laughs> Like you're so much more responsible than most adults I know, child. That is <laughs> awesome. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> I don't know who they are. What they not? I'm like, I'm holding your hand. You're at your school, <laughs> but I don't know them. They're a stranger. I'm like, well, you're totally right too. <laughs> smart kids, smart kids. Yeah. Don't so, you- <laughs> so, so adults need to be this smart. Come on, Willow. Come on, my old neighbor. <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, but do you remember like being in the chat rooms and ASL back in like, the scary days of the internet? Well, they're always scary, but yes, but uh, those AOL chat rooms back in the day, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Do they, you remember they, what any of your names were? I can't say those here. I can't either. Young kids, let, let me tell you, don't oh. don't give us elder millennials too much. Like we were on the internet in the wild, wild west. Okay. Oh my god. So <laughs> I, I, I think we got the best of both worlds. <sighs> like we were old enough to know life before the internet, and we actually the, the dumb things that we did aren't, you know, archived someplace online. But we also did our fair share of dumb stuff online that is our archive someplace online. Yeah. So, oh, Lord. 
Oh, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the things, but I say ASL because I was recently watching like a interview of the kids that are on that 90s show. It's mm. the reboot of that 70s show it's on really Netflix, cute. but you know, yeah, I, I haven't watched any episodes of it, but I watched like bits and pieces of clips. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to sit down and actually watch, watch it's this. It's cute. It's cute. It is. Yes. I like it. But uh, they were asking questions and uh, the the kids are, you know, they're, they're, they're Gen Zers. They're, they're actually younger kids. You know, I think none of them are older than 18. And they had a card and they asked, what does ASL mean? And they're like, looking like, I don't know what that means. What, what does that mean? And one of the kids on camera says, the millennials in the back are laughing at us. <laughs> like, yeah, because we, you know, ASL, you know, for those who didn't know, was age, sex, and location. <laughs> and, you know, that's what we used back then. But, oh, God, that, that just made me that's, laugh. Like, this is something that Willow should have asked Malcolm. <laughs> Very much so. She should have actually, asked Malcolm. Actually, she did. She got she got a location, but it was a mm-hmm. lie. Yes. Much like most ASLs, honestly. <laughs> but so true. Yes. But even then, he did say, I think Malcolm was 18. I think you're right. Yeah, I think, I think he so. was 18. He, uh, he so fibbed he, pretty good. He, he definitely lied. More like he was born in the 1800s. <laughs> yes. He caught on he caught on as an internet predator very quickly. Very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. <laughs> oh. But uh at this point in the episode, getting back to the episode. We have more uh, Miss Calendar and um, Giles banter. They go back and forth. And after that, um, nothing to really add too much to the story, but they were just, you know, we're, we're setting up that these two people are just so different. They're diametrically opposed, you know. It's an, it's an enemies to lovers story. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we have Dave. Dave, the, the computer geek that we, we've met a couple of times. Oh, this by the way, did Dave look familiar to you? Yes, he did. And I did some research. I did too. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Dave in this episode is Ash from Supernatural. Supernatural. And it's very funny how his character essentially mirrors Ash. <laughs> and, you know, in this episode, um, you know, he, Dave is a techie, nerdy kind of kid. Ash was the brains behind, and I feel bad because I, mean, I used I loved Supernatural, but I can't think of you know the hunters he worked with, the the, the country gals. Oh yeah, the mom and the daughter. I can't think of their names yeah. right now either. Yeah, they were great too. I liked them mm-hmm. both. Right in the but bar. He was like, yeah, he had his place yeah, in, in the, the bar. bar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was like, you no, know, they're they're techie guy there too. But I'm like, he looks very familiar. It's funny how people kind of exist in sci-fi television, how they recycle roles and people. It's kind of awesome, honestly. I know. I love I love seeing that. I'm like, I know that person. It's like, well, actually, someone sent it, or maybe it was you, Mark, um, sent us a picture of Pedro Pascal in, in Buffy. I'm like, yeah, I yes. knew that. I knew that. He was in he was in the first episode of season four. It was when uh, Buffy was just starting college. And she makes friends with this guy because I remember liking him and going, oh, he's nice. And he's right. not this other guy who's made her heart so sad. Maybe this nice, uh-huh. cute guy. Yeah. And then he got eaten, which we'll talk about yeah. when we get to that episode. And hopefully you <laughs> forgot that I brought it up. Yes. But I have been watching Pedro Pascal for a very, very long time. So I have been aware uh, of his goings and comings. I'm not as aware of his comings as I'd like. <laughs> 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 
Okay, but this is all episodes of Wash, but it's also 100% relevant to what it we are experiencing. It's all relevant. <laughs> but for some odd reason, I don't know if it was with Vanity Fair or whatever internet publication, they had Pedro Pascal uh, attached like a lie detector machine. <laughs> and he, they're asking him questions. And uh, Someone asked him, uh, does he think he's like a sex symbol or something? And he says, no, I don't. And the lie detector's like, yeah, he's lying. <laughs> he's <laughs> he like, knows. okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I know, he's I know, the, yes, yes, yes. He's the daddy. Him, right? <laughs> and they ask him, like, do you feel pressure about being a sex symbol? He's like, no, I don't feel pressure about it. And that was true. And then he just offered this little piece of information. Like, when I feel bad, I look at like the my fan sites that talk about me. It makes me feel better. And so, if you if you uh just know that Pedro Pascal looks at you know the fan accounts that thirst after him, and it you know it brings no happiness to his day. So <laughs> we should just keep thirsting, keep thirsting. Yeah, <laughs> I want to know how it's... people forgot that he was in Game of Thrones and he was Oberon. How the hell do you forget that? Now, I, that I don't understand. Like, that's how I found out about Pedro Pascal. That's how Pascal. most people I'm, did. Yeah. And, like, looking at him, like, in the Buffy episode, like, the stills, like, oh, yeah, that is Pedro Pascal. And let me tell you, it's kind of unfair. And I'm, I'm going to speak this for the ladies. Like, dudes get older and they look better. Yeah. And the girl, when women get older, not that they don't look better, but, like, the, the, uh, the connotation around age. It's such a sucky thing. It's it's, it's unfair. It, it's, it's an unfair it's, dichotomy. It's getting better, but yeah, it's it's definitely not fair. And right. even when I was younger, I still would think guys that were like could have been my grandpa were were sexy and hot, like Sean Connery. Sean Connery at his actual age, I was like, oh yeah, I thought Kevin Costner was hot. Kevin Costner was old enough to be my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's stretching it, but. But technically, he could have been. I mean, there's just there was just a lot of these guys. But you have now. It's like I have no idea how old Idris Elba is, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. He could be seventy two. He could be forty one, and I'm I'm interested. But yeah, it's it's right. it it doesn't work the same for for women, unfortunately. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I, I bring it up because you know we're recording this, you know, in early February, maybe out in the next week or so, at, pretty much after Valentine's Day. I'm assuming, but. Uh, when we're recording this, the latest kind of thing going on right now is about Madonna and aging gracefully at the Grammys and all that stuff. And it's just like oh, that guys, broke my just... heart. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you why too. Madonna, you know, love her, hate her, whatever, however you feel about her. One of the things I've always respected about Madonna is she does and is exactly who she is. She's always mm-hmm. stood in her own skin, and she's like, nope, I'm curious about this. I'm going to try this. Well, uh, you know, I want to do something different with my music, so I'm going to do something different. I don't feel like this style suits me anymore, so I'm going to do this. And she's always mm-hmm. stayed in really good shape, and I always thought without without the for her age, I've always thought mm-hmm. she looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Now she looks like a monster, I I thought I thought that was somebody messed with some stuff and did some photoshopping. It took me a while before I I realized it was it was actually her, and yeah. I'm I'm so sad. Yeah, like all the 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 ire of NS, like why does she do this for herself? And I think what well, as many people have pointed out and uh, are saying, 
you're asking the wrong questions. It's not why did she do this to herself or why do people do this to themselves, but why do they feel the need to? Like, what about society is yeah. being perpetuated for people to do these things? It's it's not isolated by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, I I personally did not understand the shock and awe, but also I follow Madonna, you know, on Instagram and I've seen Madonna. This isn't a new look for Madonna per se. She's looked this way for a while, but, you know, I think, you know, the focus is on the symptom and not the disease. Yeah. And that's unfair. That's it's, unfair. it's very true. It's very true. It's a very good point, too. However, we do have a lot of women out there who have been open about not wanting to get any work done in aging. While Drew mm-hmm. Barrymore is one of them. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Who else did I see recently that I was like, I didn't recognize? Oh, it was Vivica Fox. I don't, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I was like, you are one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen in my life. Like literally, if I met her in person, I probably wouldn't be able to talk. She is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. got work done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think of uh, Courtney Cox. Uh, she got the work undone. You know, she she decided to, you know, go natural. She she took, you know, things out. And, uh, well, yeah, she, I think she did mostly fillers. And she uh, decided not to do fillers anymore and let it, you know, degrade back to normal so i'm i'm happy to see that happen and hopefully more people actually no i take that back i'm not going to say i want people to embrace being natural do you but make sure yes. you're doing it for the right reason that so if you, that's exactly if you have it. something you want to fix fix it if you don't want to fix it that's too you shouldn't have to deal with bullshit pressure either way i think it's the the main goal there absolutely do what you want yes so Back to the episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we we see Giles and uh, Miss Calendar, uh, you know, bantering, and then uh, we are now encountered with Dave and Buffy. Uh, Buffy is uh, Dave goes to Buffy, and Buffy tells, well, it's like Dave tells Buffy, "Hey, Willow's looking for you," and she's you know in the women's locker room, which like struck me as where like if I was Buffy, I would ask. Why is Willow telling you that she's in the locker room and not tell? Like, it was just the messenger and the message did not line up for me. <laughs> yeah. And then pass my bullshit test. Like, hmm, okay. That's and Buffy's usually clever, but she has no reason to suspect him at this point either. This is true. This is true. So Buffy um, goes into the locker room to uh, look for Willow. Uh, we haven't mentioned this character yet, but he's been, you know, in the show up to this point into this particular episode fritz fritz is a weird guy in the opening scene in the library he has a small little message about technology overtaking you know you know uh everything and it's super intense and super scary and we find out pretty early on he's weird (laughs) like yeah he's a weirdo but uh he has essentially turned on a shower in the girls' locker room to draw Buffy into the shower portion. And there are some live wires, you know, in the the the, the tiled shower portion of the, the, the shower. And while the water is running, uh, the whole point is for water to hit the live wires and electrocute Buffy. Dave, getting a conscience, tells Buffy, hey, look out, you know, there's danger, essentially. And Buffy, in true TV magic fashion, jumps clean eight feet <laughs> from one side of the shower into the next room. Like she flies like Raiden in Mortal Kombat, like the, the, the teleporting move. 
Her reaction to one. it, though, her reaction to it is the best. She's just yes. somber, staring at Willow and Giles. Tell me the truth. How is my <laughs> hair? <laughs> yes. Oh, of course, Buffy is frazzled. Her hair looks crazy because she was just yeah. mildly electrocuted. And Giles <laughs> says, had she not been the Slayer, she would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Xander's like, her, your hair's very hair like. It looks like hair. It's good hair. It's hair. <laughs> it's a really funny moment. <laughs> yes, it's a pretty funny moment. Uh also, it's a moment where, you know, we see Dave who set up Buffy, but he also had a change of heart. And it's kind of uh <laughs> I don't know why this scene, like it made me sad a little bit. Yeah. So Dave is talking to Malcolm um through the internet in uh Text-to-speech hasn't been done yet, but it's a TV show. You can't just have someone type things out. I was so wondering people... about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, text-to-speech wasn't a thing back in 97. But since, you know, it is a visual format, you just can't have people just typing. You know, the thought bubbles that get overused today in movies were, weren't a thing back then. So at a point, there's uh, he's having a conversation with the computer. And the computer is, like, is talking back to him. So uh, Dave's like, hey, I don't want to hurt Buffy. You know, she's good. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this. And Malcolm, or Moloch, is actually typing out a suicide note for Dave. And I'm like, oh, this is really sad. It's It's sad, and it's kind of creepy. You're like, oh, crap, he's doing this right in front of him. Right. And Dave's like, what are you saying? I didn't write that. And, of course, there's Fritz in the corner where, you know, computer Fritz, and, you know, he takes out Dave. He's jacked in. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, he's jacked in. I'm jacked this in. Is like, <laughs> this is, this is, a, this is very a bridge. Right? There are some things that happen in the episode that don't necessarily add to the overall story, but small no. things, if you watch the episode, you'll see, but you'll see more Fritz in this episode. But, but he's yeah, mostly, he's like, in. as we've referenced him for the most part, he's just lurking. He's lurking mm-hmm. throughout the entire episode. Dave is more to the front and and we see him more. He's more active in the episode. So, right. yes. So Fritz is a dick. Yes, very much so. So we're back in the library where, you know, uh, Buffy has her frazzled hair, her, her whole situation. And is this where we discover CDS? Like when? when, when I think it was. I think it's. I think it was actually a bit before this because Dave was alive. Now, at some point right before yes. this, Buffy realized Dave was behaving strangely and mm-hmm. he knew that this was going to happen to her. So she told Giles, which once again, G- Giles at least is at the point now when Buffy's like, something weird is going on. Giles is like, okay, what do mm-hmm. we do about it? And in this case, he's like, what am I supposed to do? Follow a teenage kid around? I can't do that. And Buffy's like, nope, but I can. So she and Xander, I don't know how they do this because the kid drives, but they follow him to this place. And it's a old computer building where a computer company used to work, but it shut down and now it's active again. Mm-hmm. Yes, this happens before the attempt on Buffy's life. It does. Yes, yes. yes. So now we're like, okay, something is going on. Willow's acting strange. Buffy almost gets killed. Uh I'm sorry. So Willow's acting strange. Buffy's getting killed. My neighbor's dog is barking. I apologize if you guys can pick that that's up. That's okay. <laughs> but I said that's okay. I answered for everybody as though I speak on behalf of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So Buffy, uh, they're looking through the books and things. And I think this is where Miss Calendar 
discovers a book that is empty. And she's like, hey, is this a journal? What's going on? This book is empty. Uh, Giles, you know, kind of uh, shoots her like, yeah, it was a journal. You know, it's, it's done. Giles then realized that demons were in books. And this was a book that Willow had and it was being scanned in. And so they're now piecing together that uh, Moloch is the demon inside of the computer. That's where he is. I, now, I think this is also the part where Calendar reveals that she kind of gets that weird things are afoot. Yeah, that's the next thing. I think like she she the way they kind of spell that out was really weird. Like there there's no shock here. There's no I think that was a little bit of a I think it was a misstep, not a complete stumble, but a misstep in writing. I think that, that could have been handled a little bit better, that transition into Miss Calendar knowing, you know, the tea, what's going on in Sunnydale. But we'll get to that in a second. Meanwhile, across town, uh, Willow is at home and Malcolm is trying to reach her and Willow is kind of actively ignoring it. Uh, somehow Fritz gets there and Fritz kind of absconds with Willow to the techie building. Yeah. So Fritz yeah. steals Willow and they go to the tech building. Now, this is where, uh, where we, we found, we, we kind of fast forward back and Giles now knows that Moloch is in the computer. How do we defeat Moloch? Because he's in the computer. He's not necessarily in corporeal form. So Giles' knowledge of the situation kind of goes no, like he, he's out of his territory here. Yeah, he has no idea how to do anything with these computers. He hates them. So he has to get help. Right. And who does he get help from? His newest arch enemy, Miss Calendar. So he starts talking to Miss Calendar, and she seems pretty okay with this whole situation and what's going on. And she, you know, uh, we discover along with Giles that Miss Calendar is what we call a, what she calls herself, self described a techno pagan yeah oh my god that's cute that's that's, that's such a okay. 90s i thought so too i didn't remember it i knew she had some kind of name that she went with but i couldn't remember what it was and she said i'm like i kind of like it <laughs> yeah she's a techno pagan so you know she uh, she's completely into the mystical arts but she approaches it from a very different direction than giles you know there are online groups and things in nature things of that nature where, you know, the mythological exists, but it's also technological where you could get to research. You don't have to have old stuffy books to research these things. You can look up phenomena and study it, you know, electronically. Uh, so we find that out about, uh, we find that out about Miss uh, Calendar. Now, I wouldn't call this a twist that comes up next, but I thought it was an interesting progression to the story that was a little different. We find, we know that Moloch was, a corporeal demon that got stuck into the book. He went from the book into the digital format. He's, you know, existing on the web. And, you know, we we think that he wants to become corporal. You know, that that's his end game. He wants to be like he was. They're in the tech building. Moloch is a machine now. That's why the iRobot comes into play. Yes, so, yes. Which I and I had oh, forgotten I, about this entirely too. I was not anticipating it, so it was a little surprise to me. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's you know, I I forgot about that. That was it, it's not a full twist, but it it took a turn that I was not expecting. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, 
So now Moloch is, uh, I call him Mecha Roba, <laughs> Mecha Moloch. It's what I wrote down. <laughs> Mecha Moloch, I like it. Yes, but he's a machine now. He's a machine and he wants essentially a willow since she was the person that scanned him into the book. He wanted the willow to be his girlfriend, his bride, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind really of weird. Strange. Yeah. But also, again, catfish. This episode yes. is an episode of catfish. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't want this. Uh, Xander and Buffy get there, and Moloch is a robot, as we mentioned. And no, Buffy hits things. Buffy kicks things. And one of the funniest moments <laughs> in this in this episode for me is when Buffy tries to do like a double kick, you know, like a wrestler's, you know, kick with both feet, and she like falls flat. Like, cause it's a machine, you know. Yeah, it, yeah. it's metal. You, you she can't, can't do anything it. to it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, it. You know, they're they're kind of running from him and trying to figure out what's going on. Where across town, Giles and uh, Miss Calendar are looking for a way to do the seance to uh, bind him to to bind him back to the book. Uh, I call this cyber seance because Giles says it's two of us. We have to form a circle. That's more of a straight line. How can we do this? And here comes Miss Calendar and all her, te- her her tech savviness. I can get a group together and we're going to do it digitally. So that's what they do. You know, so they're doing this cyber seance that you know they're trying to bind uh, Moloch back to the book. Another interesting turn, uh, the book is right beside them. So they do the seance. The seance is complete. They open the book and he's not in the book. Moloch is not where he once was. He's not in the book. But he's they been purged have, from the internet. So Yes. He's purged from the World Wide Web, which is a good thing. But what they actually did was bind him to his robot form, which is kind of like near indestructible. So that's not good. So now they he's not such a existential omnipresent threat. But he's still very much a threat. So the Scooby gang is running from Moloch. Buffy gets the idea. You know, there's a some sort of electrical panel behind her. Uh, she, you know, presents herself, you know, like trying to get him to punch the panel. She ducks in the last minute. He punches the panel. And Moloch, you know, is electrocuted. Which I thought, I thought it was kind of poetic since he tried to have her electrocuted. This is true. This yeah, it was, it was like, okay, I'm going to do you like you tried to do me. How do you like them apples? It was, it was, it was, it was kind of nice. I was fine with it. It was poetic. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, on the subject of being poetic, the last two points I have for this episode resonated so much for me, like in two different ways. So, uh, Moloch is now destroyed. He's gone. And now we're having a conversation between Giles and Miss Calendar. It's been going back and forth, you know, all episode. It comes to a head, and Miss Calendar asks Giles, like, what is your issue with technology? Like, what is your problem with it? And I wrote down the, the quote, smelly knowledge, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I put romantic next to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Giles goes into this small little soliloquy about how smell, he doesn't like computers because they don't smell, you know, and smell is largely attached to memory. And everyone knows 
the smell of books is amazing. I actually have colognes that smell like books. <laughs> oh, Mark, I love you so much. Of course you do. You are wonderful. Yes. It's called Now, paper. if you ever wore that around me, I'd literally just be following you around with my nose all up in your business. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like heaven to me. But, you know, like, it, it, he goes into this whole, you know, thing about smell being attached to memory and things being tactile and how you experience them and you lose that digitally. Yeah. Now, again, this was 1997. We're in 2023. And this is something that I contend with. Like, I love physical media. I'm a physical media person be it books, CDs, movies, all of that. Like there's something to be said about the intangible the intangible aspect of tangible objects. Yes. There, there, there's something to be said about it. And I think that we are losing that these days. We are. Like, it's, it's great that things are digital, you know, they're more easily accessible, but you are losing a complete dimension of the content with it being in digital form and and an aspect of reality too like i mean mark can see my room right now and you can see that i have books just piled everywhere mm -hmm. i can tell you right now i can pull jurassic park off my shelf over there and i can open it to a page that has a stain on it i can tell you oh that was a tuna fish sandwich i was eating in 1994 um during the summer it was hot and it slipped right out because i I take my books everywhere with me while I'm reading them, you know, mm -hmm. and weird little things like that. I can remember that day in 1994 and the summer and what happened at that moment and why I was reading the book again then and blah, blah, blah. Those are just weird little wonderful, wonderful bits that you you, you can't get. I don't, I don't want to read my books on a little device. I, I will, right. but, but I don't want to, I don't want to. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, and this, and that, this, that part, that whole bit, they had could have had no idea how how important it would be twenty years down the road, right? And on None and on whatsoever. point, yeah, yeah. It's it's true though. It's it's absolutely true. And I'll keep buying physical media, and so will Mark. So you people keep absolutely. making it. We'll keep supporting you. <laughs> I literally just bought. Oh God, <laughs> this week alone, I bought eight movies, two hardcover comic books. No. Yeah, two hardcover comic books and like a host of other things. Physical me is, is the way to go. It takes up space. Dear God, it takes up space. It does. <laughs> but it is so important to have. You have to have it. Things like digital content is fantastic. It's great. But let's just say right now, I'm, I think we mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, we're watching uh, Buffy on Hulu. Hulu is, I think my, my bottom line actually just kicked in. But it's on Hulu. <laughs> Hulu. And you know, we're watching it there. And that's great and all, but due to contracts and, you know, licensing, it could go at any moment. And, you know, that's a problem. Luckily enough, I know I have the whole series on DVD downstairs. And I'm sure, you know, <laughs> Heather has it as well at her place. So, you know, it's good to have physical things like that, physical media. And she's grabbing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, see. Okay, you got the pretty one. Oh, I have the old spice? ones too. It's spicy. Yes. <laughs> my, my mom got me him for Christmas, That's so he adorable. just hangs out. Yeah, like he just hangs yes. out with me. And but I yeah. love that you keep the, the the paper on the back. The cups, like you still had it on there. I love it. 
I, you want to know what's funny? I've never taken it out of the box because why? Not, well, why would you have to? <laughs> exactly. So it's just um, in here and it's fine. That was a good sound. <laughs> yes, I didn't pass but, gas, I swear. <laughs> but physical media is the way to go. And uh, side note, if they haven't put it on Blu-ray, if they put Buffy on Blu-ray, I would, I would gladly rebuy the whole series again. But, you know, physical media at the time of digital media, you know, if they could change things, contracts, licensing, or if they get into the bad habit of changing the content itself. I think we mentioned before, there are certain episodes like the Golden Girls that they took away completely. Yeah. Because like the content that was in the show and that you can't find it digitally anymore. And sometimes you lose contracts with with songs, scrubs. Um, I don't yeah. remember what it's streaming on, but it's another example of it where they mm-hmm. lost some of their music. And that's yeah. a show that really, really... It's not always my cup of tea as far as music goes, but it certainly suits the show and it's a part of it now. Right. And, and now it's not there, but I have it on DVD, so I get to have whatever I want. Right. And another big example of that was Daria. Like when Daria first aired, you know, it had music from the time period, yeah. you know? So that was such a big part of the show. And it took so long to put it on DVD because they had to clear all the licensing things. And all the music that was on the show are not the same songs when <gasps> it's on DVD. So it's a whole like feel and dimension See? of the show that's gone. That yeah. sucks. It really so sucks. So it's it's this it's this like bittersweet thing. But all of that to say, you know, this conversation, I don't think Joss knew whoever wrote this this whole episode knew the the power of that statement of the quote smelly knowledge <laughs> that <laughs> Josh was, was speaking about how that would echo, you know, decades later. So that was a that, that was a nice uh point there. And of course, uh how the episode ends. Yeah. Uh the Scooby gang is sitting, you know, they're kind of recanting, you know, their day what happened, and they're sitting like at the fountain in the courtyard. And I think Buffy says it. And uh, Xander agrees. But Buffy says, none of us will have a happy, normal relationship. And Xander says, yeah, we're all doomed. And then they laugh at it. And then it hits them like, yeah, oh, shit. That, that's sad. And then it yeah. also cuts flat. Yeah. But <laughs> poor kids, little do they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they what have no them. idea what's in for them in the future. None of them, all three of them have to go through hell, literally oh. in some cases. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty rough, and it was it was sweet though. Uh, but Willow was lamenting over everything, and and mm-hmm. Sandra's like, "Yeah, I fell in love with the praying mantis," and Buffy's like, "Yeah, I, you know, Buffy's a I, vampire. I'm, a vampire. I'm in love with the vampire. I'm a vampire slayer. The world's effed up." So it you know it comforted Willow, and of course, laughing about it was was good. But that was perfect to leave it on. Like, yeah, we, none of us are going to have normal relationships ever. Yeah, yeah. It was, and good. it was a great cold close because it off. Yeah, and I was, ex- I was excited. This this was a really this was a really good fun episode. And when it started, I didn't expect it to be. Right, right. It was a great episode. And I think uh, we say it after every episode. Like the the series is starting to kind of lock in those tent bolt those tent poles that make Buffy Buffy. So it, it's like, it's 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 so weird going back and watching it now. Like, yeah, this is where it, you, you, start, you start to see what you remember. You know, yeah. the, the things, you know, your memory of it, time erodes your memory. You know, 
but it kind of holds those core, you know, things. And it's cool rewatching Buffy and starting to see those core things that you remember, you know, when they get kind of solidified. And yeah, that, that, that's, that's this episode. It's kind of working towards like you're seeing, you know, the things get locked in place here. Absolutely. Everybody is, is, is falling. Everything is falling into place. Everybody is falling into their roles. Everything that, and this is, and you brought this up maybe in the last episode, I think it was too, um, where we're looking at the the bigger picture of the long-term story. And it's even in this first season where Joss is planting seeds, not just for this season, but in the coming seasons. Oh yeah. We see that, um, particularly in one episode with Angel in season three. Um, that's that's a big one that literally ends up paying off in season seven of Buffy. So there's there's just little little bits like that. And then what's really cool is when you do go back and watch, you get to you get to find all of those those little those little foreshadowing nuggets yeah. and Easter eggs. It's really, really cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. But Guys, that is episode eight. I robot you, Jane, aka catfish. <laughs> <laughs> this will forever be catfish to me now, Mark. <laughs> it's catfish forever, oh. catfish. <laughs> but okay, so Heather, where can our lovely, lovely listeners find you in the social media on the interwebs? Okay, listen, I love you listeners, but after doing this episode, maybe it's not so great for you to be able to find me. <laughs> but, if you, but if you really want to, you can find me under my pen name, HB Walsh on Instagram and Facebook. Um, if you want to follow me on my my regular Instagram account, I'm Header Time 1981, but all I do is post mostly running and yoga stuff, which is pretty boring. Go follow Mark. He's fun. He makes me happy every day with his shit posting. <laughs> Tell them where they can yes. find your shit posting, Mark. Uh, on Twitter, more so on Instagram than Twitter, but uh, both are the same handle. At Elite Since 85, E-L-I-T-E-S-I-N-C-E 85. Uh, follow me. You know, I, I'm pretty interactive. I'm, I'm there often. So, you know, holla at your boy. <laughs> Word of Hellmouth is hosted by Heather Baxendale Walsh and Mark Armstead. This show is edited and produced by Jason the Man Soto. And we are just one of <laughs> he's our hero. And we are just one of many rabbit hole podcast shows. You should go check them out. You can find episodes of this show over at rabbitholepodcast.com, Anchor, Apple, Google, and anywhere else you find your fancy podcasts. The theme song is used. The theme song that is used is Noise Attack by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com. I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com. And uh, yeah, that's been our show. Follow us on our socials and uh, catch us next time we're around. That's about it.
copyright 2023 rabbit hole podcast rabbit hole podcast.com